you're going to be the man on a team, do you think you can be the man on a team and win a championship? Russell Westbrook, John Wall, James Harden, the Lakers, the Warriors, and more on today's Scoops Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Scoops Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Diaz. Hope everyone is having a safe holiday season. We got some basketball to talk about. I got some some headlines, some spotlights, some questions that I'm going to go over this podcast, so let's get into it. First headline that I wanted to get into is the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade. So, Russell Westbrook goes to Washington, and John Wall and a lottery-protected first-round pick go to the Houston Rockets. And the big headline that's been going around is who wins? Who won that trade between the Rockets and the Wizards? Um, and that's a tough question to ask. I, th- I think it's especially tough because you're talking about two very similar players. They're not identical in the way that they play, but they're similar in uh, they're both very ball-dominant point guards. They're both point guards that, you know, they do best with the ball in their hands and they're not quite as effective when they're off ball. They both are not generally good jump shooters. Uh, their game centers around driving to the basket. They both generally play good defense. They're both athletic point guards. Russ is two years older than John Wall. Russell Westbrook is 32. John Wall is 30. Uh, so relatively the same age. And it's, it's a gamble. It's a gamble trade for the Rockets because you're getting John Wall, who hasn't played basketball for a while. He's been out with an injury. Um, so you don't really know what John Wall you're going to get. But I think that was one of the only trades that you were going to get something back for Russell Westbrook with how much money he's making and just with fit. You know, I'll get into a little later, but Russell Westbrook doesn't exactly fit with a lot of teams. A lot of teams already have an established point guard, an established ball handler, or the main thing that teams need is shooters. And Russell Westbrook isn't really that. Uh, but like I said, we'll get into a little later. Yeah, it's a gamble for the Rockets. They get that first round pick, which is which is pretty good. That, that could turn into something for them. Uh, maybe a trade piece or maybe a, a young asset that they eventually draft. You know, it's going to come down to John Wall and who he is, how he comes back, and how he fits with James Harden. These are basketball players who operate best when the ball is in their hands. So with that said, this is another experiment, another gamble that I don't necessarily think will pay off. So yeah, it's a gamble for for the Rockets and what they're doing. Now let's go on to, on to Washington, taking Russell Westbrook. Now Russell Westbrook is going to have Bradley Beal, who is not as ball dominant as James Harden is. He can score on the ball, but he can also be very effective off the ball as well. Uh, Bradley Beal really established himself in the time that John Wall was gone as being a top guard in the NBA, off ball or on. It'll be interesting to see how they play together. And some of the reports, I was talking about this with with some of my friends, some of the reports I was getting about Russell Westbrook wanting to be the man on a team. I mean, all right, if you're going to be the man on a team, do you think you can be the man on a team and win a championship? That's the ultimate question. Because you've been the man on a team before. You were the man in OKC with, I mean, not a great roster, but not a terrible one either. And he didn't come through. So can you be the man on a team now that you're kind of at the rear end of your prime? Not exactly the end, but you're you're coming up on the times where Father Time is going to catch up with you. So can you be the guy on the team and still win? I don't know. I don't think he can, personally. Um, 
I've talked to a lot of people about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a a topic of conversation that a lot of basketball players, they have a very strong opinion about. And Russell Westbrook kind of separates into two groups of people on very opposite ends of the spectrum. You have one group of Russell Westbrook kind of haters, I would say, that although they may be focusing on the negative side of Russell Westbrook's game, they're also primarily correct about the things that they're saying. He needs the ball in his hands to be effective. Um, some believe he stat chases, but I mean, I don't think he does it to a point that it affects wins and losses. I think he's just out there trying to do everything he can to help his team win. The biggest thing about Russell Westbrook is his shooting ability. If he could shoot the basketball, he would be easily, and it wouldn't even be a question, a top 10 basketball player. Easily. Because of how athletic he is, how big he is, uh, his mentality, how tough he is, uh, how hard he attacks the basket, his passing ability. You know, he's able to do everything except for shoot the ball, which has basically become the most important part of basketball these days. If you can do everything except for the most important part, how effective can you really be? That's kind of been... Russell Westbrook's Achilles heel, you know, he'll shoot the ball, he'll shoot that thing, but I don't, you know, it's, he doesn't shoot it in a good enough percentage. And you need to be able to shoot the ball, especially when the ball is in your hands, when you're that guy. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum that, you know, love Russell Westbrook, the dog, you know, the dog mamba mentality, the guy that's out there competing every night. He never cheats his fan base, never cheats his teammates. He's always out there trying to do everything he can to win a basketball game. And I, I understand that. And I, you know, I, I love that basketball player too, that type of mentality. That is a alpha dog mentality. And everyone knows that Russell Westbrook's mentality is alpha dog. The question has always been, is his play style and his talent and his overall body of, you know, being a basketball player, is that alpha mentality? Is that an alpha player? Not just mentality, but a player. And in my opinion, I don't think it is. I don't think that Russell Westbrook can be the guy on a team and win the uh, championship. Because we saw him be the guy on the team, didn't work. We saw him be number two on the team, and they got to the finals, him and Kevin Durant. He was clearly the number two talent-wise. Kevin Durant went down with that injury, and then Russell Westbrook, you know, that's when his real alpha dog, I'm the guy mentality kind of took over when he started playing really well without Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant came, they had problems with chemistry, and I mean, everyone knows the story of what happened after that. I don't think he can be the guy. I think he could be the guy on a team that gets taken off first or second round. I think he could be the second option on a team that gets to the conference finals, maybe even the finals and get swept. But if I were to put him, you know, rank him on a, on a roster where I think they could win a championship, he'd be the third guy. You know, you'd have, you know, a, a guard or a forward, someone like a someone like a Kawhi Leonard, or even a Kevin Durant, but I mean, we all know that story. Someone like that, and then a big man that's the second option, someone like a, maybe a Jokic, an MB. Just chances of these players actually getting together are not very high, but I'm just throwing out examples of what number ones and number twos can come before Russell Westbrook for him to be number three. I heard a lot of rumors in the beginning of free agency about the possibility of Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers and I had a lot of friends and basketball fans come to me and ask me what I thought about that and that they thought it was a good idea. And my immediate reaction was, no, that's really not a good idea. 
you know, whether you're a Russell Westbrook fan or not, it's not going to fit like many teams there are out there in the NBA right now. Russell Westbrook is not going to fit with them for them to be at their, you know, highest capacity of winning a championship. Their biggest chance of it, Russell Westbrook should not be on that roster, especially with the Lakers. When you think of the Lakers, the first people you think about are LeBron and AD, mainly LeBron. And, you know, Russell Westbrook likes to have the ball in his hands and the Lakers do best when the ball is in LeBron's hands. LeBron is one of the last like living legends that's still active in basketball. You know, he's arguably the third best player of all time, top five for sure. And he's on the Lakers and you don't want the ball to be on his hands in the end of a game. There were plenty of games where LeBron took over in the fourth quarter. Now think about if LeBron had to do that with Russell Westbrook on his team. LeBron gets the ball, he's on fire in the fourth quarter, and then Russell Westbrook's man doubles LeBron when he's trying to do a high post at the elbow, or when he's about to drive to the basket, LeBron kicks it to Russell Westbrook. Russell's gotta shoot the thing. Russell's gotta shoot the ball. Do you trust Russell Westbrook being a catch and shoot player next to LeBron, next to AD, if AD gets doubled in the post? I don't. There was a question of that and Rondo, but Rondo was able to make it work. The Rondo was shooting threes and I was not afraid of him shooting them. I would be afraid of Russell Westbrook having a spot up for LeBron or an AD. Teams were leaving him open, not exactly like Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons-ish. And daring him to shoot the basketball. And then you could say, oh, okay, well, I mean, Russell Westbrook's man doubles. Russell just needs to cut to the basket. It's an easy lob or an easy dunk. All right, but not if you have a guy like JaVale or Montrez in the paint that isn't necessarily a threat to shoot. That man's just gonna be clogging the paint for Russ. So overall, I wouldn't want Russell Westbrook on the Lakers. I would not. I don't think that he is going to, at this stage in his career, win a championship. I would just see it as, you know, another thing, a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, they'll just run the fast break. Think about how great a fast break with LeBron and Russell Westbrook would be. It would be great, you're not wrong about that, but fast breaks are only a small part of basketball especially in the playoffs where the game slows down and there's a lot more half-court offense. You need spacing. LeBron, especially, when you talk about LeBron and the players that he tries to get and the players that organizations try to get for him and that he wants to play with, they're shooters. They're guys that he can throw the ball, hit it right in their pocket for them to splash a three. Those are the players that LeBron historically has played well with. So that, that would not work for me. Uh, but let's get back to the team that Russell Westbrook is on, the Wizards. When you look at the Wizards roster, they got Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and then a lot of young talent. You know, you got Hachimura, you got Davis Bertons, you got Danny and you got Cassius Winston, who they just got from uh, the recent draft. You got a lot of young talent. And like I said, Russell Westbrook isn't exactly in you know, starting his prime. It's not like the, the guy's 27, 26. He's 32. If he wants to win while still being highly effective on a team, he needs to win now. Now or the next couple years, the next three years or so. This Wizards team is more than three years away from being a contender, a serious, serious contender. Maybe there's a plan that we don't know about that's in the works. Maybe... Uh, they're planning on getting a, a third, you know, star that they can get there and try and make a push in the next couple years. We don't really know. We don't know what they're planning on doing. But I, I see that as highly unlikely. 
uh, Russell Westbrook said he wanted to go to Washington, and my first thought was like, why? Like, I don't think you have the time. Maybe if this was five years ago, sure, go ahead, go to Washington, but this is not five years ago. So you need to start, you need to start winning something now, or at least proving that you can win something now. If I were to guess how Russell Westbrook is going to be this year, it's going to be, you know, that triple-double a night Russell Westbrook. Maybe not exactly that, maybe not that high of caliber, but it'll be a guy that'll, you know, play hard. The fans will enjoy it. You know, he'll, he'll ignite a crowd. He'll put up big numbers, but they won't really be winning anything. And, you know, there's a few players like that that we can get into about, you know, big numbers and no wins. And then you can throw out accusations that, oh, it's this, it's that. But when you say you want to be the best player on a team, you want to be the guy, you want to be the floor general, you need to step up. There, there can be no question by anyone that you did anything at fault when it comes to trying to win a championship, that you were at fault for anything. There can't be. The best player, more often than not, is the very first person that is speculated when it comes to why you weren't good enough to win a championship. Of course, there are other aspects, you know, did management fill out a good enough roster for that best player? Is that best player a good enough fit? How was the coaching? A bunch of stuff. But the best player is more often than not, at least the first place I look. Like, all right, who, who was their top talent? Oh, well, that's why they didn't win. And Russell Westbrook has a history in the last half a decade of not coming through in the playoffs, of coming up short in this moment or in that moment, or not even coming up short, doing too much. You know, I, I often compare to Russell Westbrook as someone that, you know, is just holding on to the steering wheel so tight like he doesn't want to let go. And if he just eased off of it a little bit, you know, if he relaxed a bit, maybe they had a better chance of winning. But he's just someone that, you know, he will he will go to war and he will throw up 40 shots and, you know, win or lose. You know, I went out there and competed. But it's not win or lose as of late. It's just been lose. So, you know, we'll see how this works. After more than one failed experiment, maybe it's time for Russell Westbrook and for the fans of Russell Westbrook that are so, you know, in awe of how great he is to really take a look. So with all that said, who won, who lost? My initial reaction is to say that the Rockets won, that the Rockets can, you know, they have a higher chance of winning right now than the Wizards do. If I were to pick right now, I'd pick the Rockets just because they have, I think they have a higher chance of winning right now than the Wizards do. And a lot of that does have to do with their roster. Um, I think it's still a gamble just because we don't know how John Wall is gonna come back. We can speculate, we can guess how he's gonna look when he comes back, but we don't know 100%. And because of that, I mean, we don't know how good James Harden's second best player is going to be. And we don't know how well they're going to fit. So there's a lot of ifs on that team right now. I think there are no ifs for the Wizards as of right now, the only if would be can they get one more guy and if they don't they don't have a chance of winning think about what the wizards can do they can do one of two things they can wait for russell westbrook to leave or maybe they can trade him start from scratch start from somewhere else other than russell westbrook because they're not going to win with him 
that's most likely not the plan, but I think that's what is most likely going to happen. And because of that, I would go with who won the trade. I would go with the Wizards over the Rockets, even though the Rockets were my initial, you know, pick thought of who would win. The Rockets have a higher chance of winning now, but I still don't think that they have enough to win. I don't, I, I wouldn't pick them to win a championship. I don't really think they're even top five in, in teams that would be contending for one. And, you know, the Wizards aren't even top 10. So, so when it comes to winning right now, you know, the closest between the two teams is Houston, but I still don't think Houston has a chance. So I would go with the Wizards in the fact that they most likely are going to start rebuilding sooner than the Rockets do. So they have a head start or are going to have a head start and will have a sooner possibility of winning a championship, not now, but down the line five years, six years, something like that. So on to our next headline. Kyrie Irving is doing a media blackout. He will not be speaking to the media for the entire NBA season. We'll see how that goes. Um, I I know I saw a lot of people were kind of upset by it. We're saying, you know, it's just another reason for people not to like Kyrie Irving. I'm assuming he's doing this for his own well-being. That talking to the media is just, it's something that is bothering him, that he doesn't enjoy it. And, you know, maybe he's just experimenting. He's trying it, seeing if it'll work. And, you know, by all means, you know, go for it, Kyrie. If this is going to help you, if this is going to help him in his day-to-day life, you know, it's something you should do. If this is what's going to help you in your day-to-day life, by all means, you should do it. I don't really see it as like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's being a douche. I don't really see it as that. I think it's just it's something he's doing for him. And I understand that. All right, now that we got our headlines out of the way, I want to get into some player spotlights, some players I want to talk about, analyze. The first one being Lamella Ball, recently drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, a player who sparks a lot of debate and controversy in how good he's going to be on the NBA level. I think what a lot of people need to realize is, you know, he may not be very good out the gate. And not a lot of people are NBA-ready out the gate. A handful of players are. And those that are, you know, those guys become generational-type players because they were ready before, and then they get in there with NBA, you know, workouts and NBA trainers, and, you know, they just, they're not worried about this or that. They're just worried about basketball, and they get that much better. Uh, Whether Lamella will be one of those guys or not, you know, it's we have to wait and see. He's not he's not really a great shooter. We all know what he's best at. He's best at passing. He can pass the basketball. He can move the ball for your team. He can score here and there. Uh, he scores in bunches. Uh, but not not a great shooter percentage-wise and not a great defender. And those are the two two of the most important things in basketball right now, shooting and defense. We can't say he's going to be a bad shooter forever because we don't know that. You can definitely develop a jump shot. And, you know, as he gets bigger, as he gets stronger, maybe he can be better defensively. I think LaMelo could be a top floor general point guard in the NBA at some point. Maybe not the top, but he could be up there for sure, a top five point guard. You know, he's, he's got the raw talent. The question is, you know, can he work on it, work on the parts of his game that need improvement and, you know, be able to do the things that an NBA all-star player or even better than that 
needs to do because fans some fans think Lamelo could be one of the best of all time some fans you know they think he could be a hall of famer one day he could be an all-star he could be a champion and you know time will tell on all those things but my guess would be you know Lamelo struggles out the gate his first year or two he doesn't do very well um and then you know maybe a little later down the line year four five six he starts really coming to his own and he becomes a really good basketball player. That'd be my assumption, barring any injury. The second player I wanted to get into was his brother, Leandro Ball, signing a non-guaranteed deal with the Detroit Pistons. So if they don't like him, if they if it's not working, they can just, you know, drop him, not pay him a dime. Much like Lamelo, we don't really know how Leandro is going to do. I know some Leandro Ball fans out there that, you know, really believe in his scoring ability and and what he can do for a basketball team. I know Leandro Ball can score the basketball. The question is, how efficiently can he do it? Can he do it on a nightly basis, scoring a lot of points on a nightly basis? If I were to guess Leandro Ball's ceiling, it would be the sixth man of a really, really good team. That would be where I think Leandro Ball would, would fit best with the team. You know, someone that comes off the bench that, you know, puts up some points, but depending on how he's scoring is whether he will be in there in the end of the game or not. You know, maybe a, a, a future six-man-of-the-year award winner at some point in his career. That's where I think his ceiling would be. Whether he gets to that or not, that's on him. Whether he surpasses that or not, also on him. But that's where I think, realistically, Leandro Ball would land. And the last player I'm going to get into is Isaiah Thomas. There's been a lot of uh, news and reports lately of him saying that he, along with other NBA players, feel like he looks like Isaiah Thomas of old because of some runs that he was doing, some runs he was doing with NBA players. Um, and I'm sure we all know runs and you know scrimmages is a lot different than an actual NBA game. So that's not really a, a solid test of whether he's ready to come back or not efficiently and you know like an everyday comeback not just you know having a good day in a run i think he's worth a team giving him a chance a team that you know not necessarily a contender but somewhere where he could go put up some numbers show what he can do and maybe get a contract somewhere else this is a topic topic of conversation that i've had with with friends where i tell them you know especially on a championship contending team you need defense. Defense wins championships, we all know that. And the amount of defensive liabilities you can have in your best lineup, the lineup that you have out there at the end of games to win a close basketball game, is one. One out of five players can be a defensive liability. You put him on the other team's worst offensive player, much like uh, the Warriors, the championship Warriors did with Steph Curry. You know, Isaiah Thomas was the same way in the run he had with the Celtics. And if you want to be that one guy, you got to be amazing on the offensive end. Amazing, like a Steph Curry, like Isaiah Thomas was in that Celtics run. You know, you got to be so important offensively that you can not be as important defensively. You can be the least important player on, on defense. I don't know whether Isaiah Thomas is at that point, you know, maybe he could be someone like a sixth, seventh man, a scorer that comes off your bench, fills it up with the second unit. But if he wants to be Isaiah Thomas of old, he's got to be that caliber of scoring to be on a, a contender, which 
like every NBA player wants to be. You know, you want to win a championship. You want to be on a championship contender. That's what I think of Isaiah. If he doesn't, if he doesn't come back as, you know, the Isaiah Thomas of old, that's just, you know, lighting it up on offense, then, you know, he could be a decent scoring piece off the bench, not expecting a lot of money. You know, he missed his payday. We all know the sad story of him getting injured before getting his max contract. Didn't get paid, but... You know he could he could be he could be a piece off the bench for a team if he's comfortable with that role. Hopefully, you know his ego wouldn't get in the way of that like it does for some other players. And you know if it didn't, then he could you know I think he could win a championship coming off the bench for a team, being their backup point guard. Time will tell if a team gives him a chance or how he does with whatever chance is given to him. Next, I wanted to go into a team spotlight. I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors because especially with everything that's happened with Klay Thompson and even before, you know, him tearing his Achilles, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery, there was a question as to how good the Warriors will really be when they come back because the Warriors were not the Warriors last season. You know, Steph was out with an injury, Klay was out with an injury, and that's those were their two highest scores right there. So... They, they were not very good. They got the Wiseman in the draft this year. A lot of people are speculating that he'll start. Questions are going around as to how good he'll be when he starts, if he starts. If the Warriors can contend for a championship with him as their starting center. With Klay Thompson out, there's a lot of questions. I don't think that they're going to do necessarily very well, uh, with especially with Klay Thompson out. If he was there, they had a chance. Um, him, Steph, Draymond, you know, they have they have some pieces other than those three. They have Andrew Wiggins, they drafted Wiseman, you know, Eric Pascal, he played really well. He kind of put his name on the map for fans, not just Warrior fans. So they got they got some pieces. They have Steve Kerr, they have a good system in place, but players like Steph would have to do a lot of caring for them. It's not looking good for them this year. You know, maybe next year, maybe if Clay comes back and can be some form of, of himself. And that's a tough injury, man. That's tough. That's tough for not just Warrior fans, but basketball fans. Because even if you didn't like the Warriors, and I was one of those people that did not like the Warriors when they were in that just winning rampage, you liked Clay Thompson. I liked Clay Thompson. You know, he, yeah, he was, he was a little annoying. He was a little dream on ish at times. But you still liked him. You liked his his game. He was up there as one of the best, if not the best, off-ball guard to guard in the NBA. So he's going to be missed. And then the question of how he'll be when he does eventually come back. You know, you hope he can be some form of what he was before the injury. But, you know, we don't know. And all we can do is pray for a speedy recovery, a good time in rehab. And... You know, we'll, we'll see what he does when he comes back, if he can help make the Warriors a contender. And there's so many rumors about Giannis possibly going to the Warriors. We'll see when Giannis's contract is up. That'd be crazy. That'd be scary. There'd be a lot of questions if Giannis and Draymond could play on the court together. But the Warriors are, are dangerous still. I think a lot of people are forgetting about them. But they're a danger when it comes to being a championship contender that... I think they could just come out of nowhere and surprise people like, hey, they're back. 
and just, you know, take the whole thing. Thank you for listening to the Scoops podcast. Feel free to leave a, a follow, a like, a comment, subscribe. If you have anything that you want to hear me talk about, message me and I can talk about it. Uh, but other than that, stay safe out there.